0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadia. So before we get started, I got to say thank you to uh, Mr. Charles D. Got my uh, second bit of fan mail. Charles actually went out of his way to make a wood carving of a lot of the different sayings that I say, and it was kind of funny because I didn't even realize. (laughs) Some of them are like, I I said it one time and it must have really stuck out in his mind. Others, I guess I just say it a lot. And now I'm going to be self-conscious about it. (laughs) But thank you very much. That's awesome. I'm going to be taking a picture of it, one of these, I don't know, soon. I I was going to do it yesterday. I forgot. I was planning on doing it today. I'll probably forget. So I am going to do it, though. Get it up on the social media and whatnot. But thank you very much. I appreciate that. But uh, as far as today, I'm going to spend... I would assume most of the time, just going over sort of the press conference that happened yesterday, I'm assuming most people saw it. It's a very, very big deal, and if it's uh, worth your time to sit here and listen to me on a daily basis, I'm guessing you're the kind of fan that wanted to listen to that. If you haven't yet, you should probably go check it out. A lot of it is, um, you know, coach speak type stuff. Um, you know, I obviously there's some questions that were asked twice and kind of silly questions that just make you roll your eyes. But I felt like there were definitely some nuggets, Um, certain things that I liked. I I really did like the, you know, I spent a lot of time with the, I don't want to say X's and O's, but just sort of the numbers game, you know, looking at the resume, looking at the people he's worked with, looking at static information, but it really brought to life the human element of it. And in some senses, I think that was good. And in other senses, I thought maybe that was not so good. So for example, I, I do think it's good because you you think about how that works in a locker room but also how that's going to work as far as his interaction with GM Brian Gutekunst and the importance of that interaction with Mark Murphy as well and how important it is that those three guys really do get along because they're going to have to interact with each other Um, there are also some comments about Aaron Rodgers I'll get to that because I do kind of want to go point by point and because I don't remember it I'm literally going to be listening to it um, I might throw in some sound clips, probably not, just because I, I don't want to spend too much. This is going to take a very long time. I don't know if I'm going to even have time. I just need to kind of get going through it. But um, there were so many little nuggets, and um, you know, I wasn't sitting down writing them all down. So I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. But um, I think it, it, the the negative of the emotional side of it is, you know, you, you heard a lot of people mention the nervousness. Um, I don't know that that's even how I would characterize it necessarily. It may be a little bit nervous. It almost seemed like starstruck for me. And um, you know, I I, I I'm not going to say it's necessarily a negative, but all the stuff people have been saying about um, Lafleur being somewhat of a pushover, being able to be pushed around. You know, I I, I don't want to be mean, but it came across as somewhat of a weak personality. And it's it listen, it's fine. You know, day one he's starstruck. This is in extremely emotional. I can't even imagine. I mean, it was, it was what? It was two days ago he got the call asking to be the, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Three days ago he was interviewing for the job. All of a sudden he's here. He just gets in the building. He's walking through the halls of Lambeau Field. He's overwhelmed with it. He just got off the phone with Aaron Rodgers. He's sitting down for a press conference. He's talking about his family. I mean, it's just, it's a very big deal and i'm assuming it's all going to settle in and again there's a lot of good stuff said but it just kind of all the stuff everybody's been saying that i've been shielding him from like you guys are nuts he's not going to be a pushover you kind of see that you know from a coach you kind of expect that sort of cold brass you know yeah yeah i can do it yeah okay yeah you know you know we're going to we're going to do you know, be disciplined we're going to do what i say and he just he he looked like he was a kid in a candy shop he looked kind of like a fan and it made me a little bit nervous. I don't want him to be starstruck of Aaron Rodgers. And I did mention how I think there could be some some benefit to these two kind of being peers, even though they have separate jobs. In other words, no, rather than looking at it as a hierarchy of I'm your boss, you keep your mouth shut and do what you're told, it's, listen, I'm the coach, these are my job, this is my job and my responsibilities, you're the quarterback, this is your job and your responsibilities, but we need to be interacting Constantly in, in, in talking about how to handle situations and what to do here and there, and et cetera, et cetera. You know, keep Rodgers excited, keep him engaged, keep him, you know, in the loop. And it, it makes it less likely that Rodgers is going to bail and be like, this guy's a, a dummy if his input was, was in it all the way. But, you know, again, it did kind of feel, made me feel a little bit nervous. You got a bunch of football players who are kind of looking at this guy to be his leader, and he's coming in like, I'm your biggest fan. I I love you guys. Not that he's going to say that. I'm assuming he won't. But that was just the impression I got watching it. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's cute and endearing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want that, though. This is, I mean, this is a, a, a group of grown, strong, violent men. There is sort of an animalistic element to this. And you look at what happened with Mike Pettin. He came in, he was strong, dominant, mean. And the guys looked up to him and respected him. And you need that in a coach. I don't really want cute and endearing, as much as that might seem sweet. He does have to have some strength to him. So I'm I'm giving him a pass on this interview. I thought it was great otherwise, but I'm I'm hoping sort of the the stars in his eyes start to dwindle a little bit. He gets on the phone and uh, starts talking to some of these guys and, and getting motivated and just getting excited about football, you know? Kind of, kind of embrace the moment, get excited about the moment, but then just start getting immersed in football. And I do think once he settles in, it's going to get back to being X's and O's. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be no different than Mariota, and he's worked with Matt Ryan, he's worked with some superstars, so it's you know whatever. But I, I, I would just that's just my comment on the one negative aspect of this. And again, it's not even so much nerves. Maybe I've seen him do interview. The narrative is oh he's not really a good interviewer. You know he's he gets nervous and he's done a lot of interviews. That was one of the first things I did when he, when he got hired is I went and go watch, What up, dance party? What's going on? How you doing? Have a good day. I went and watched his interviews. I just wanted to see how he talked and how he interacted. And that's where I came to this conclusion. He's very calm, cool, collected. This was a very different kind of thing, but I, I just think it was an emotional moment for him is all it was. And I maybe it's even unfair to call him starstruck. I just think that this was, this, this was it. Like this is one of the greatest moments of his life. And he was sitting down trying to give an interview... When in the back of his mind, all he can think is, I can't believe this. Like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And that's awesome and good for him. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to beat him up over it. I just, I, I do expect that to to change with time. So that's my take on the, the whole nervousness thing. Uh, beyond that, though, uh, the, the other thing I liked about it and uh, liked and made me nervous was, and I've said this a lot, every time you listen to a coach or GM or owner or Murphy, CEO, or whatever, whenever you listen to them talk and they're very candid, it always stuns me at how kind of just like shrug of the shoulders, meh, they are about stuff. And I know a lot more goes into it than that, and I'm sure I overthink things and we all overthink things as far as the numbers and everything, but man, does it make me nervous sometimes. <laughs> but one of the really good things about this interview process is is when they had talked, you heard them talk about how they went through the interviews and they they had a lot of great candidates and some were good and some were bad. But there was there was no doubt whatsoever that prior to interviewing Lafleur, they were in panic mode because they felt like we just don't have our guy and we're running out of options and this isn't great because you know they didn't fire McCarthy because they knew of a great head coach. They fired McCarthy because they had to fire McCarthy, and the, whether or not there's a good NFL head coach available is another separate question. According to Murphy um, and 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 Guttekunst, and I, I still am self-conscious about how I, I say Gutukunst. A lot of people say Gutukunst. Murphy says Gutenkunst, which I just absolutely refuse to say because there's not a there's not two ends in Gutukunst. So either Murphy doesn't even know how to say the man's name, or I'm just I'm I'm out of my mind. Gutenkunst, G-U-T-E-N-K-U-N-S-T. Gutenkunst, fine. I don't like it. I'm not sure I'm ever gonna say that. But where does that other end come from? I, anyways. Apparently there were uh, three guys doing the interview. The other being Russ Ball. And after the interview, every single one of them unanimously decided that this is the guy. This was easily the best interview. He kind of hit all the boxes. And it was a big deal, and it it explains why they moved so quickly. Um, Because you you got to imagine the amount of panic that sets in, right? I mean, we, we, we are panic we've been flying all over the place we've been trying to find a head coach we, we talked to all these guys that we thought we would like and we realized we just don't like these guys we're very concerned about them their attitude their demeanor which seems to be the biggest focus they had is trying to find the right fit which is kind of getting back to what i talked about about nervousness they very very rarely talked about scheme they very rarely talked about his pedigree it really just seemed like the biggest thing they wanted was somebody that was a good fit which which i've already talked about why that's important and being good for the locker room and being good for the guys and all that stuff and that's great but I hope this isn't primarily three guys saying we got to work with this guy for the next five years let's just make him a because that's what I do at my job because I've realized listen you can train anybody to kind of do what I do I mean not necessarily assuming they went to school for it or whatever but I mean you, you can coach people up I just want somebody if I'm going to see this guy 40 hours a week about as much or more than I see my own family during the week I just want him to be a good guy that I can get along with. I really hope that's not what's happening here, because that's a lot of what they talked about. That part makes me nervous. But all three of them decided that it was unanimous. This is the guy, and then you got to kind of worry because what happens if he gets picked up somewhere else? We can take our time. We can maybe try to reconvene and, and find two or three more candidates. We, could, we, you know, we can do a couple different things here, but. If it really came down to, and it does seem like this is the implication that they, they were saying, that there's one guy that really hit it out of the park and everybody else was just kind of meh, even though they didn't say that, they said, you know, a lot of great guys, but you can definitely tell if you listen to that interview, they were not super excited. He, I mean, he Murphy doesn't really pull a lot of punches, which is cool, but he he pretty explicitly said nobody really knocked it out of the park. So the thought process was, you know what, let's, let's sleep on it reconvene tomorrow, you know, he, he kind of set some parameters, right? He was the last guy we interviewed. We want to make sure that it isn't just, you know, we're, we're jet-lagged and we're, we're punch-drunk, whatever was his reference. We don't want to give him any extra points. Like, let's really, really think about this, reconvene tomorrow. All three of them got back tomorrow. All three of them said, yes, he is definitely the best candidate. They called him up and they hired him. It seems a little quick, but again, the implication being, if they decide to kind of sit and think about it a little bit more, there's a good chance this guy gets hired somewhere else, and then what? then what are you doing? And beyond that, they had talked about, you know, what what are you going to do with your coordinators? What are you going to do with your coaches? And Lafleur's comment was, I, I don't know. I just got in the building. I haven't decided yet, which by the way, I don't know where the rumors of we're keeping Mike Pettin came from, but the question was asked directly. And he says, no, I, I haven't sat down with him. I don't know what I'm doing with the defensive coordinator position yet. I'm hoping to do that very shortly after this interview. And they also he also said that basically as soon as this interview is over, we're starting that process. And it makes sense because guys are getting they're getting snapped up left and right. You know, Adam Gase would have been a great candidate. He just got hired as a head coach. But there's a lot of other guys now that now that coaches are getting hired, defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, special teams coordinators, you know, wide receivers coach all these different guys, they're getting snapped up really quickly, especially this year with the amount of coaches hired. It's just a feeding frenzy, so they really got to hurry. And I, I kind of wish I had had done today's podcast about finding coordinators because I would be shocked if we don't have a bunch of news today about coordinators getting hired. I would not be surprised in the least if our offensive coordinator was hired. There's already rumors about a special teams coordinator that the Packers are looking at. Uh, further clarification, I do still think we're keeping Petten, but it was important to note that he did say explicitly, no, I, I have not made a decision on that. So the idea that he was hired because he said he would keep Petten, I mean, maybe he's just lying? But again, as candid as they have been about everything, it doesn't really seem like he would just lie about that. I will say, though, (laughs) the other thing that was maybe somewhat of a negative is when you ask him something outside of his purview, which is sort of offensive scheme and whatnot, you know, they asked him about special teams, asked him about defense, and it was just very general and i think everything was maybe even offense i guess could have been kind of general but i just got the impression that his job is going to be running the offense and it's why it's very 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 important and i mentioned this yesterday um he needs to bring in really good coordinators and that i think is going to make a really big difference he needs coordinators that he's comfortable with that can run the kind of system that he wants to run and all this kind of stuff because you know he hasn't done this before he's only been a play caller for 1 year so even though he's a, he's a talented young mind in order to be successful in the NFL there's there's so much for a head coach to do he's going to need a lot of help and a lot of really good help so there's a lot of different ways to look at this maybe you want to bring in a veteran a guy an older guy that that knows the the process and can really you know you just give him the ball and he can take it maybe you want somebody that's not necessarily Old, but but a guy that's worked with him that that understands Matt Lafleur and what Matt Lafleur wants to do. As I alluded to yesterday, where it's you know, the, I I tell you I want to do X, and you know everything you need to know about X, and you just take it and you run with it. I don't need to explain to you what X means. But the implication, at at least for me, would be that they probably are keeping Mike Patton because I just don't know that, and I don't mean to demean the guy, but I don't know that he has. How do I say this? When he answered the question about defense, it just felt so... I mean, it sounded like you're asking a fan. Like, I want to be fast, and I want to be physical, and I want to be this, that, and the other. I mean, if this is what he's looking for, and then he sits down with... I mean, is he even qualified? Which, again, seems harsh, but Mike Pettin knows more about NFL defenses than Matt LaFleur does. How is Matt LaFleur going to sit down and judge whether or not he wants this guy? Now, maybe there's more to it than that. Maybe he's not going to be looking at scheme on defense so much, but it's gonna be more about the fit. Which is what we've been talking about this whole time anyways. Because as a head coach they have to interface, they have to interact. You know, and and there's probably philosophies that, that go into offense and defense. They do sort of co mingle to some degree. They're gonna be such you know, maybe like I talked about with Josh McDaniels, that when he's on offense, he's communicating with the defensive staff. He wants the defense to give him some some a peek into what the the defense that he's going up against is doing. Tell me what they're doing. This is what they're doing. Okay, now I know what they're doing. I can call my play. I don't know if that's what LeFleur plans on doing. I have no idea. But these are the kinds of things that, like, look, this is kind of how I plan on doing things. How do you feel about that? Whatever. I don't know. But I would expect to keep petting just because, I mean, he really needs somebody that's just going to take this defense and run with it. And the guy that's already been there that did a pretty good job makes, I think, the most sense. You don't need a guy that you've worked with necessarily. I don't think that makes sense. Maybe on offense, not so much on defense or special team. You just need somebody that you can hand the ball to and say, "Go." Not that I'm not going to be involved in any capacity. Obviously, I'm I'm the coach of this entire team, and I. That's I, one of the questions I need to ask somebody. What exactly does a guy like Lafleur? What is his job as far as the defense? Is he just like come into the meetings like, "What's up, guys? How we doing?" Yeah, he gives like a little rah-rah speech. You guys are awesome. You're you you're animals, man. Woo! All right, I'm gonna go talk to my wide receivers now. You walk in with like a bowl of candy. Hey, guys, <laughs> brought you candy. What you talking about, defense? That's cool. All right, bye. <laughs> I I that's I don't know. I what what does he do? But anyways, I I would assume keeping. And I just think that's probably the right decision for all the reasons that i just said it's you bring in a new guy he has to learn this defense all over i mean you've got half your team kind of just taken care of we're good right defensive coordinator knows the defense already has the scheme implemented you don't have the defense trying to learn a new thing that they've already started learning it next year they become experts at it don't do that to offense and don't don't make offense and defense relearn stuff let at least some stability be in the room but we'll see. Again, it, it it's definitely not a done deal. Um, there's there's maybe he just didn't want to announce it at the press conference. But I mean, they, they've we've already heard rumors of they want to keep the tight ends coach. Why the tight ends coach? I have no idea. But apparently they're good with that. But there, there's been no official word that they're looking to extend Mike Pettin or or keep Mike Pettin or whatever. So expect him to be kept. But if he's not, just understand that whoever has been saying that they're keeping them definitively, and that was why they hired them and all this stuff. Nah, I don't think so. People like to say stuff. I don't think they know what they're talking about, though. Um, as far as special teams, there was one rumor leaked by uh, Mr. Ian Rappaport. Um, Ian Rappaport mentioned this guy as being a young up-and-comer. Definitely got to keep their eye on him. So this, this is sort of a – it's another Matt LaFleur situation. We're looking for a young stud. And we'll see. I mean, maybe that's the Packers' plan. They're, they're looking to go, you know, real young. They're looking for superstars, and they're going to do that for special teams as well. It makes me a little bit nervous, especially if you're going to be passing off special teams entirely. You would want a veteran. But uh, the Bengals' assistant special teams coordinator, Braden Coombs. I'm sure he's not, but he looks like he's about 22 years old. Like, he just left a frat party to come coach the Bengals. And this was uh, Jim Ozarski, I think maybe was the first one. I want to give him credit, too. I don't know if Ian retweeted him or what, but... I just mentioned Ian because he was talking about knowing this guy and saying he's a young up-and-comer. But um, let me just read you a little bit of what this says here. Braden Coombs may not be a household name to Bengals fans, but he's been the assistant special teams coordinator and offensive quality control coach for seven seasons. So right off the bat, the first thing I think of is this guy's been immersed in special teams for a very long time. The one negative, though, is that um, he hasn't really moved up. Here's maybe why. At just 32 years of age, we'll stop there, that would mean he started when he was 25. I mean, you're not going to give... I, 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 At what point is somebody old enough that you can give him a, an official coordinator position? I think 32 is a pretty good line to draw in the sand. But at just 32 years of age, he joined the staff as a coaching intern in 2009. Oh, he was 32 in 2000? How is he that old? He looks like he's four years old. Uh, blah, blah, blah. He played football. Nobody cares. So not a lot else to say about that. I don't exactly know why... He would be the guy, but, you know, this is just one of those things where we just don't have the insights into this. There's there's names that are getting passed around that everybody hears about and knows about, and I shouldn't even say everybody because it's not like everybody's talking about them, but you, you kind of hear about them through the grapevine for whatever reason. There's this young, smart, you know, real good guy, and and, and that's the thing, too. It's You can go with the retreads, which you kind of know the upside and you know kind of what they do and what they can't do, Or you can swing for the fences. Lafleur is a a swing for the fences guy. Like, this could be a complete bust, or he could be like a Matt Nagy, or a Sean McVay, or or Andy Reid, or pick your poison, whatever you want to call it. Like, maybe this will just be out of control awesome. But as far as I'm concerned, I I really don't care. We could probably take Ron Zook out and replace him with a uh, stump and I think most Packer fans would be probably be a, a round of applause for Matt Lafleur and the Packers staff making the, the, the official move. I really don't think anybody would be upset about that. Not even sure Ron Zook would be upset about that. I think he wants to get out of here as fast and as far as he possibly can because this has been an absolute nightmare. Uh, real quick, something I wanted to mention before I forget. I'm just, I'm. Twitter is just blowing up already. It's four o'clock in the morning. But uh, Mike McCarthy has decided to sit out the year. Usually that's a good thing. I I think coaches that kind of take the year off kind of are regarded a little more highly the next year. Um, Just because, I mean, you listen to what Pagano said and and how you can kind of just take a step back and really analyze things, right? Mike McCarthy, the biggest problem with Mike McCarthy is what? He's kind of stale. But he's so immersed in what he does and trying to, to take what he does and improve on it from within his own worldview it's nice to kind of sit back watch football talk with other coaches do all this stuff to really understand and immerse yourself in what's going on in the NFL today and try to get caught up a little bit so anyways obviously best of luck to him another little bit of news that just popped up well technically yesterday but I'm just getting caught up as I'm flipping through here but Joe Philbin is uh going to be interviewing for the Vikings job now it's kind of weird because they've already said who their offensive coordinator is going to be, so I don't know exactly what he's going to be interviewing for over there, unless that was an unofficial official update. I don't know. But um, whatever. Vikings are going to Viking, man. Um, looking at a couple other things, one of the things that uh, Lafleur had mentioned is that he's going to be his own guy. He's not going to be McVay. He's not going to be Shanahan. And I think that's a good thing. I don't know how much of that is. I mean, what do you expect him to say? I mean, I suppose you could have said, I learned the most from Shanahan, so you're going to be seeing a lot of, of what we've done there in the past or whatever. But, I mean, I think the right coach-speak answer would be that I'm going to be my own guy, and I'm going to tailor this specifically for the Green Bay Packers, and that's either going to be good or bad. I think it's the right thing, and it implies that he wants to be sort of an innovator less than he wants to be an implementer. The question is, can he? Does he have that ability to take... um. Take what the Packers have and and build a system around that. McVay can do it. I believe Shanahan can. I I, I don't I'm not really sure why there's quite as much hype about him as what I mean. We'll see. We'll see what happens when his quarterback comes back. Obviously, they run the ball really well. Maybe if they can get uh, get Mr. Garoppolo back, they'll be back in the playoff hunt. But um, I mean, that, the 49ers aren't exactly the Rams. But whatever, we'll we'll see. We'll see if he can be that kind of guy as well. He's definitely got all the tools he needs as far as players. You know, on offense, when you've got Aaron Rodgers and you've got uh, Devontae Adams, I mean, that's more than the Rams had when McVay went there. That's more than Shanahan had when he, you know, went there. That's more than he definitely had when he went over to the Titans. I mean, this guy's been given a massive amount of tools. Nagy, when he went to the Bears, he didn't have anything like this. And look what he was able to do. So if LaFleur is going to be from that same tree... If he really is going to be anything like that, he's going to turn this around in a, you know, real quick and in a hurry. 49ers looked real good once they got their quarterback. The Rams immediately started to turn things around. The Bears immediately, I mean, they went from a joke to a, a, a serious playoff contender. Uh, we're going to find out, I think, pretty quickly because this is, I, I, I don't expect, not that it's not possible, but I, I, think, I think it's fair to expect a bump in production in his first year. But again, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to see exactly what he's able to do. And again, I, I, I expect things to go well as well because just by knowing the plays and the scheme, I mean, if, if, if the Packers ran what I watched when I watched the Titans, I have to assume that the production would have gone up just because it was such an awesome thing to see because it takes so much pressure off of the players. It really makes it for, I mean, you look at the amount of throwaways. Why? Because a lot of guys just weren't open. And even when they were, I mean, there's a lot of whatever. But let's face it, McCarthy expected the wide receivers to win, and he expected Aaron Rodgers to throw pinpoint passes. This is going to be different. This is going to be where scheming guys open, and there's there's a little bit of a more logical thought process to all this stuff. And I, I, to an extent, I think a lot of it is plug and play. I mean, just taking some of this modern offense that, that has made Mitch Trubisky look halfway qualified to be in the NFL, give it to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I just, I don't know, man. Especially if he's able to get some good coordinators around him. I just don't see how this is going to not work. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, another interesting tidbit, you know, a lot of people are, are, let me put it this way. One thing that's interesting is, had he not left L.A., and, and Mark Murphy had mentioned this, had he not left L.A., he would have been the number one guy. Everybody wants McVay's offensive coordinator. Everybody. I, mean, he, I don't think the Packers would have even got him. I don't know if they would have ever even got him. The funny and interesting thing is, since he went to Tennessee, I think he kind of cooled, and a lot of teams are like, eh, never mind. But the fact of the matter is, he's a much better coach now, having taken the Tennessee job. He had to take on a massive amount of, of responsibility. He stepped out which which leads me to believe he's not just blowing smoke when he says, "Oh no, I'm going to take this and I'm going to make it my own." He's not afraid to challenge himself. It would have been easy to stay as the offensive coordinator in LA and then just go to be on go to be a head coach, but the fact of the matter is he wouldn't have that ability. He doesn't even know how to call plays or do any of that stuff yet. And he would have got snatched up by the Browns or somebody like instantly because there's no there's one really hot name and it's LaFleur and that's it. But since going to Tennessee, he's become a much better coach. It's probably what made him qualified to even be a head coach because he's got that last little tidbit on his on his resume now as an offensive play caller and understanding the challenges that go along with that. But it actually made it easier for the Packers to get him because a lot of other teams are looking at him like, ah, oh, Tennessee was garbage. Which, you know, again, one of the things that made me nervous is when, when the question was asked about Tennessee, you, you look at Murphy and he kind of looks at you cross-eyed like, I don't know what you mean. Like, why, why are you talking to me about production? I, I'm telling you he's a good fit for the organization. You keep talking about production, which just kind of confuses me. But uh, at one point, I know Mark, Mark Murphy made the point, and I didn't even know this, that Mariota didn't have feeling in his hand. I don't know to what degree, but that was kind of stunning. Not only was Mariota hurt, but he didn't have feeling in his hand. That probably complicates things a little bit. <laughs> and again, Blaine Gabbard is the backup, which doesn't help, and your running backs aren't that good, even though, you know, Derek Henry had the best year ever because that's just kind of how it works under Lafleur. And by the way, some people, I forget who it was, somebody had mentioned something to the effect of nobody runs more often and less effectively on first down than the Tennessee Titans. I think it's hard to run when you're a run-first team. The Packers are not going to be a run-first team. They're going to be a pass-first team. I think it was easy to tee off on the Titans because they had a hurt quarterback and they relied on the run much more than any other team in the NFL. So yeah, you just tee off on it. And and listen, I've, I've talked highly of Derrick Henry. I think Aaron Jones is a better running back than Derrick Henry is. Pro football focus would disagree, but Derrick Henry had a better offensive line and a coach that emphasized running the ball. Aaron Jones was hurt, had a coach that doesn't care about running the ball and never gave him the opportunity to run the ball. So uh, another, another really interesting tidbit, and this made me very, very happy because I've talked about wanting input from players, uh, especially Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, they actually had a committee of nine different players. Uh, they said they wanted a committee from like one person from each position group, which seems like a weird number, but I guess offensive line, wide receiver, tight end, running back, quarterback, defensive line, linebacker, corner safety would be nine. So they had a representative from each of these groups. Presumably it's going to be a veteran um and somebody that's going to be around for a while. So quarterback, I know it was Aaron Rodgers. They they said that. You know, offensive line, probably Bakhtiari. You know, Balaga would be a good candidate, but he's probably not going to be around. Either either Lindsley or Bakhtiari, probably Bakhtiari. Running backs, you know, Jones or Williams doesn't really matter. Tight ends, I'd love to know who they brought in for that. <laughs> uh wide receiver, I'm sure, it was Adams. Defensive line, probably Mike Daniels. Could have been Kenny Clark, though. Uh, Linebackers, probably Blake Martinez. Corner is a pretty interesting question. Maybe Kevin King. And then safety, yeesh. I don't know. If they consider Tremont a safety, maybe Tremont, but I don't know how long he's going to be around. Kentrell Bright. Oh, Josh Jones, maybe. Maybe Josh Jones. But anyways, that's irrelevant. I was just thinking out loud, I guess. But they sat down with them and they got their input, and they they said they did not discuss specific candidates. That's not really the point. They just wanted to get an idea of of what they're looking for in the next head coach, and that was part of what guided them. And they they said that was a big part of of why they liked um, Lafleur as well. I keep wanting to call him Shan- Shanahan. If I've called him Shanahan in the past, I apologize. I just every I keep wanting to call him that. His name is Lafleur. But I think that's good. It's good they got their insights, especially Aaron Rodgers, because again, you you need. That, I think, is one of the biggest things about him, is that he's very, very well-liked. And I think the players are going to like him. But also, in this coordinator search, I think this is going to be a massive asset. Because if you've got a coach, I mean, think about it. If they had hired Josh McDaniels, how many people would refuse to come work for the Green Bay Packers because Josh McDaniels is the head coach? And not just this year, going forward. We're talking about four, maybe five years. We're going to be hiring different coordinators at different times. We want a guy that's been around, Right, he's got experience, he's got some contacts, but also somebody that people want to work with. They they're going to want to come work for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They're going to want a chance to win a Super Bowl. But do they want to work under LaFleur? Would they want to work under Pagano or Caldwell or whoever? I think that's a big part of it as well, but also the the players and what they're looking for and it's good to be able to get a guy that fits that criteria because you know, again, he supposedly checked all the boxes which would include the players, and I think one of my absolute favorite quotes from this entire thing is that he was asked if he had an opportunity to speak with Rodgers yet. Actually, there there were two things that I really, really liked, and he said he did, and he said that he's very, very excited, and uh, he thinks Rodgers is too. Now, maybe he's just blowing smoke, but I don't think he just said that to say that. He doesn't seem like a prideful kind of guy to be like, oh, I'm sure he's excited to work with me. I think he gathered that from the conversation, and you know, Mark Murphy again was pretty candid about some of the things they wanted and and the feelings that they had that things had stagnated and people were getting lazy and complacent. And he this is the kind of stuff he was getting from the players and he wanted that to change. He wanted that you know the the, the players to be inspired and and to have something to be excited for. And I think Rogers was was one of those people. Right, the offense had gone stale and stagnant. And we want something new. The players are getting complacent. We need some new energy in here. And um, to have LaFleur say that he talked to Rodgers and got the impression that Rodgers was very, very excited about this hire, I think that's a, a really good thing. I want Rodgers to be excited. I wanted Rodgers to be, you know, sitting there saying, please LaFleur, please LaFleur, please LaFleur, which wouldn't shock me all that much because, I, you know, what, what does he want? Yeah, he doesn't want to have to work with a coach that's kind of a jerk, not to say that he's wanting a pushover necessarily, but you don't want your boss to be this kind of grumpy whatever guy that's just going to try to push you around all the time you know trying to beat you into submission or whatever but other than that I mean he he's you know he's watching other teams and he's watching the scheme he's been doing this for a long time he's been watching what Mitch Trubisky does and he's watching what uh you know Pat Mahomes does you know the the, the new Aaron Rodgers right he's taking the throne from him. he's he's watching all this different stuff I'm sure he's looking at it going I want to do that give me those opportunities See what I can do with that kind of stuff. So when they hired LaFleur, he, he knew what the Titans were doing. He knows what LaFleur is. He knows what the Rams do. He knows what the, the 49ers do. He's, he, we, we got eliminated from the playoffs by the Falcons. right? He's seen that as well. That was a Kyle Shanahan offense. That was a, a Matt, Ryan, um, Matt Ryan that was coached by LaFleur. And by the way, on that whole Skip Bayless thing, Shannon Sharp was on there as well talking about how Aaron Rodgers isn't going to respect a guy like this. And then he went on, because my first thought is, what are you talking about? Because he hasn't worked with anybody. He hasn't worked with any big quarterbacks. Dude, Matt Ryan is a big quarterback. And then he mentions Matt Ryan, and he's like, well, Matt Ryan doesn't count. He's not, he's not like Aaron Rodgers. How many people are like Aaron Rodgers? So, so the only guy that they should hire is Josh McDaniels because he's worked with Brady. Because there's nobody else. Maybe the guy that worked with Breeze. I mean, you don't, you don't go down the list very far before you get to Matt Ryan as far as veteran, intelligent, whatever. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, I, that, that's a pretty similar tier to Matt Ryan. So, I, I don't know, I just wanted to bring that up because that's a ridiculous notion that, that he's not going to respect um, Lafleur. I think that's nonsense. His, his reputation speaks for itself. He's worked with Matt Ryan. He's worked with very successful uh, organizations. He has a Super Bowl ring I mean, the, the Atlanta Falcons, again, Super Bowl, the, the Rams, dominant team. There, there, there's nothing on his resume that says this guy doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know, that's annoying. Um, but the the second thing that was said that I said I really liked was that, you know, they, they kept pushing Aaron Rodgers. All the questioners were pushing Aaron Rodgers, and, and he kind of stopped it for a little bit. And he's like, you know, I, I, I really look forward to getting on the phone and calling call every single one of these players. I really want to know these players. I want to get to know. I think that's awesome. I, I still go back to, to the fact that John Gruden never once got on the phone and called Khalil Mack. Never once called Khalil Mack. Are you kidding me? How insane? He is the best player on your entire team. You never once pick up the phone and call him? I think they said he called Derek Carr once, like maybe when he first got the job and that was it. Like, how are you not interacting with these guys all the time? I mean, you're, you're, you know, during the offseason, you're not allowed to call and talk football. I think new hires get some extra leeway as far as you know being able to work with guys. I forget exactly how that works. I can check the deadline. Let me just look. So April 1st, clubs that hired a new head coach after the end of the 2018 regular season may begin off-season workout program. So that's two weeks. April fifteenth is when uh, other head coaches can start their off-season program. So the Packers get a two-week bonus this year, which is pretty awesome. So he's got an extra two weeks to get to meet his players, get to implement his system, get to talk and strategize and do all this kind of stuff. You know, it's it's a two-week meet-and-greet, I guess. But just just the fact that he really stressed that, and, and it, that's that's sort of his reputation. He is a players guy, not not in a sense that he's. You know, again a pushover but he, he genuinely cares about his guys he wants to meet his guys he wants him to know that he cares about his guys and the success and um, I think that's really important because I, I do think the Green Bay Packers got a little cold not 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 necessarily Mike McCarthy you know I've heard players talk about McCarthy in, in a very endearing kind of way but again you look at the sideline where's the excitement where's the 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 all these different things and he talked about how he learned different things from different guys and how from certain people he he learned to be to to I don't know get a get a room excited, um you know the the importance of really getting engaged with your players and caring about your players and, and things like that that he picked up and the importance of it and you can tell he just it just oozes out of this guy like he he can't wait to get to know his guys and to help and to grow his guys right it's just it's it's a good feeling and I'm, I'm excited to see you know you, you get a touchdown and how excited it's you know, the the excitement you're going to see not just because yay I got a touchdown but you know th- this is this is the play that we've been working on right this is what we've been talking about this is my guy he did it you know it's, I don't know I think it's very beneficial to be able to see that kind of stuff some some similar I don't think he's going to quite have the energy that McVay does but the similar kind of excitement for his guys and for his crew and for his team and uh, you know after a win the kind of excitement that they're going to have and and the the kind of mentality they're going to have. I, th- I think one of the biggest things that we're going to see and I, you know it's going to be largely up to the players as well but you can tell he talked a lot about his his belief and his love of family and it's all about family and I think that's what he's going to try to push in this locker room is, is a a feeling of family and this is something I haven't felt on this team in a very long time probably since Packers are uh, the <laughs> back when they were the Packers back around 2010 2011 I've mentioned a couple times this little newspaper snippet that I kept about how the wide receivers all hung out together and went to Jordy's farm and all this stuff. There, there was a feeling of family, right? The offensive line all got along. And this was even more recently. You know, heard hear about the offensive line playing board games together. Wide receivers are all really good friends. You don't feel that with the Packers anymore. Even going back to last year, as I've said, Ha Ha Clinton Dix talking about you got a lot of guys just kind of going their own way, doing their own thing. I think part of that is what, what he soured on. And one of the good things about bringing him in is is – to really stress the idea of family and unity, right? This is a unit we fight together, we, we bleed together, and we're going to win together. He didn't say that explicitly, but you can tell that's the way he's going to lead this thing. We've got to come together on this. And he's going to he's going to lead by example, and he's going to, like, I, I believe him. He's going to call every single player. He's going to be engaged in, in, in these, these guys' lives and everything else, and it's I think it's a good thing. But anyways, uh, the only other thing, and I, again... I haven't really done my list. I have a different list of names that maybe I'll get a chance to talk about tomorrow. We'll see how much news there is. I've been wanting to do offensive coordinator search for a while. But two names that everybody else is bringing up Mike LaFleur and Mike uh, McDaniel. Both of these guys, San Francisco 49ers guys, I'm guessing this is just a cursory search by other Packers people who are looking at 49ers for whatever reason. They're not looking at the Rams or the Titans or anything else. But, um,. Mike McDaniel is the run game coordinator. Mike LaFleur is the, you know, wide receiver slash pass game coordinator, I guess. I don't know. So those are the top two guys. And essentially, they they do sort of function as offensive coordinators in a sense because uh, Shanahan has kind of taken or retained that title for himself. So you got the run game coordinator and the pass game coordinator, and a lot of people are saying that would make sense, and it kind of would. We'll see if if, uh, either of these guys wants to interview, is allowed to interview, if the Packers even want either of these guys. I don't really know. I'd almost be surprised just because the names that we're actually hearing like the Bengals guy that nobody has heard of you start to hear names like that it just kind of seems like they're not really gonna go the obvious route which is would kind of hold true with this whole process so far but anyways, we'll see i'm 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 excited. I do expect some kind of news today again um, you know they're they're gonna be slow and deliberate but um, you even heard Lafleur say yesterday they want to hurry up and they want to do this as quickly as possible and it it does make sense. They, they've, they've got a pile of guys. I'm sure Lafleur has a lot of guys he'd love to have as offensive coordinator and, and quarterback's coach and all this different stuff. But, um, you know, again, they're, they're getting snatched up left and right. If they're, if they're any good, I promise you Lafleur and the Packers aren't the only guys that know about them. And, um, again, we've got, what do we got, 10 coaching spots that just opened up, so everybody's just falling all over themselves trying to find offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, et cetera, et cetera again, I would just expect to hear some stuff today for sure. So hopefully that'll be what we're talking about tomorrow is looking into the the new guys on the staff. Otherwise, um, I'm going to plan on, at least for part of the time, talking about some potential offensive coordinator candidates. But otherwise, you folks enjoy your day. I'm going to leave it at that, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Uh, Bye-bye.